My cousin just calls me. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm drinking coffee. She goes, I never got into that. I said, never got into what? She goes, I don't drink coffee. I said, what do you do? She goes, nothing. I said, tea, something like that? She goes, no, I just get up. You just get up. You just get up. What's wrong? What's happening? How do you do that? I've been drinking coffee since the fourth grade. I've been dunking coffee in bishkoths. That's how I got started in the fourth grade. My mother used to give me a cup of coffee with a bishkoth, and I used to dip it. That's how this coffee trend started. All right? Now, here I am, however many years later, and I can't get, I can't stop. I'm done with it. I said, we have nothing in common in the morning. I'll see you in the afternoon. It's going to be a rough, rough cup first half of the show. I'm trying these new thing where I'm going to be going through some articles in a timely fashion that we'll get my co-hosts in here and have a good time. But man, the first part is a doozy. There's a lot of things going on that uh, disturbed me over the weekend that I looked at when I was prepping for the show and... You'll see soon enough, but something has been going on for the past year or two or three, maybe if you want to calculate it, four, that has been disturbing for a lot of people, at least here in the United States. Some of us has been shouting it out from the rooftops already, but everything else, people look at you as a conspiracy theory. But anyway, we'll get through that when we get there thank you everybody thank you for tuning in this is coffee with rw yours truly ralph william if you want to follow me on twitter x at the ralph william or if you want to follow my internet station at wesn radio you can tune in at any time by asking your alexa devices to start wesn live or you can go to epicstrategiesnetwork.com epicstrategiesnetwork.com or you can Download our Google Play Store app, WESN, the Epic Strategies Network app, and tune in there as well. All right. So this is a coffee with RW. So without further ado, if you got yours in your hands like I do, then join me because you know it's going to be good because it's Monday. If you have your coffee mugs, your travel mugs, your sippy cups, your doggy bowls, if you have a beer hat and you want to drink it like that, then go ahead and do so. And join me in this sip, this glorious sip of cafecito. Oh, that is good stuff. Man, that is good stuff. So I'm using, so I picked up this, this Yeti tumbler. Yeah, tumbler, mug, whatever you want to call it. I I got the big joint, the 30 ounce. And it's perfect because I get to fill up a good pot of coffee into this Yeti. And it keeps it warm throughout my whole show, nice and hot. You know how you like to have an open-faced mug, right? You don't have to open up a little lid. That's good and all, but at least this way it keeps it 
nice and warm throughout my whole show and even afterwards when I'm still recording and doing stuff on the station. If you have the opportunity to get yourself the uh, Yeti mug, the big jammy, <laughs> the big jammy, the big one, the 30 ounce, I recommend it because, man, it, uh, it's a lifesaver and you don't have to keep on, you don't have to keep on refilling it or whatever. It'll last you a whole day. Speaking of lasting the whole day, I wanted to uh, acknowledge the listeners out there. Thank you very much, BP, for joining us in the morning. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope I hope you have a good morning. All right, I do want to say it is <clears throat> surprising some of the articles that I found, and of course, some of it disturbed me, and there's a lot of factors in it, especially the last couple of years. What am I talking about? Ralph, what are you talking about? Okay, one article that I came across is about United States suicide rates going uh, skyrocketing, at least in the past couple of years, and it's not over yet. And the numbers are staggering, man. I'm going to go through some articles here. This is the first article really quickly describing what is going on with the suicide rates. In the U.S., around 49,500 people died by suicide last year, marking the highest number ever recorded. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention posted this data, but the suicide rate for the year hasn't been calculated yet. The increase might be due to various factors such as higher rates of depression, limited mental health services, and the availability of guns. Experts emphasize that suicide is complex and hard to address. The growing availability of firearms is a significant factor in the rise, as suicide attempts involving guns are often fatal. Gun sales have surged, contributing to the problem. Suicide rates have been increasing since the early 2000 seconds, reaching a peak in 2018. There was a slight decline in 2019 and again in 2020 due to pandemic-related factors. However, in 2021, suicides increased by 4%, and last year, the number rose by over 1,000 to 49,449, marking a 3% increase from the previous year. The highest increases were observed among older adults, particularly white men. Despite the grim statistics, there are efforts to address the issue, including a national crisis line and increased awareness about mental health. While suicides among those aged 10 to 24 decreased by over 8% in 2022, the impact on families remains deeply tragic as they grapple with the loss of their loved ones. Now, the one thing that bothers me about the article is that <clears throat> I don't know why they keep pounding in the fact that gun rates have gone up. Obviously, there's other ways of, of offing yourself, but the guns are not the problem. The article kept making that one of the issues. How about one of the things being prices going up so high that you can't afford to sustain your family? What about getting locked down for two years and not being able to do anything and all the all there is open is liquor stores and you're able to get your medications or some some harsher drugs? What about seeing loved ones in hospitals and not being able to see them? What about choosing your health, your livelihood, or your job? I know these are like, I'm pigeonholing, I think. But regardless, there has to be other factors here. Like all these prices going up, jobs getting lost. I just came across uh, this morning, I forgot what they call it, H, H-1Bs or whatever. I think they're like work visas getting revoked for Indians, people that are from India. 
there's a lot of like call centers. There's a lot of different jobs being either altered or pretty much eliminated. Not only through the advancements, I guess, of artificial intelligence, but also non-essential jobs that we put on hold the last two, three years. Those might have been a factor for these high suicide rates. Now, the fact that it is that high, but it's been that high every year. So it's not there needs to be something, some factor to be thinking about. Like, why is it this high? 30,000 is two, is 20, 10, 9. It doesn't matter. Like, we need to figure out what is the underlying issue. Now, of course, it's great to have a hotline, bring awareness to mental health. But what are we really doing? Are we just, oh, we'll just create more counseling jobs, more jobs for people to to be able to talk to somebody through this. But that doesn't help the fact that eggs are like $20 pack or my medications are too high and my job isn't increasing my wages, which we'll get into later. There is a silver lining, at least on a certain front about wages. These are the kind of things that people need to think about. Like why, why does it need to get to that point? And I think we need to create more hands-on and more solutions than just throwing money at counseling. Yes, people need to learn how to cope with difficulties. I get that. But how about eliminating those difficulties to begin with? That's just what I think. All right, moving on. So in continuing with things that bother people, I came across another article which might leave some people vindicated. I'm not sure. But you remember that whole debate with ivermectin, the horse dewormer out there? There's a court orders now and this article that I'm going to be talking about, which pretty much says this stuff can still be used and it should be allowed to be discussed with your doctor. And it is an effective alternative or effective treatment for a lot of things. Let's go through this article real quick. The FDA faces legal challenges regarding its warnings against using ivermectin for COVID-19 treatment. Three doctors filed a case alleging that the FDA unlawfully interfered with their medical practices by discouraging ivermectin use. During a recent appeal, a Department of Justice lawyer representing the FDA clarified that doctors do have the authority to prescribe ivermectin for COVID-19 treatment. The FDA had previously issued statements cautioning against ivermectin use, but they did not prohibit doctors from prescribing it. The lawsuit focuses on whether the FDA can regulate how a drug is used within the doctor-patient relationship after its approval. The case is ongoing, and the FDA's warnings have prompted debates about the drug's effectiveness for COVID-19 treatment. Now, of course, there's uh, additional articles that I wanted to uh, go through. Well, the Substack. The Substack post discusses the alleged suppression of early treatment therapies for COVID-19 and highlights ivermectin as a particularly effective treatment option. It accuses various entities, including government agencies, of targeting ivermectin due to its effectiveness, potential impact on cancer rates, and its ability to counteract damage from COVID-19 vaccines. The Post mentions a lawsuit filed by doctors against the FDA, claiming that the agency made false claims against ivermectin. The FDA's lawyer is said to deny interfering with doctors' prescription of ivermectin, even though the agency allegedly pressured the medical community against its use. The article raises concerns about the FDA's role and influence in medical decision-making, emphasizing the need to preserve the doctor-patient relationship. 
And I think it's a legit... <clears throat> now, we can all debate or we can all talk about how doctors are pretty much just drug pushers. I believe it. They're, I, I believe that they get a good amount of money for prescribing a certain kind of medication and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But the fact that you can discuss these things with your doctor, at least whatever concern you may have, and be like, yo, I don't think I want to try an experimental medication. Or what about this other alternative? And, and I don't want to get into this whole crazy stuff, but I think you should be able to bring up alternative treatments to your doctor. I strongly believe, I'm sure there's an argument for not doing this, but I strongly believe that, I forgot what it was, the FDA can't, can't patent natural products, right? You can't, you can't, they can't have control over natural products or whatever, but they should be allowed to be used because it should be allowed for doctors to use half and half, natural and prescription drug treatments. I think it would help the medical community and people of large because it would help bring down costs. The more people get treated, at least this is the model that it should be. The more people that get treated, the less expenses they dish out. I came across a couple of all big surprise TikTok videos. <clears throat> Somebody mentioning that cancer is a billion dollar industry treating cancer with chemotherapy and things like that. I have a couple of people in my family who have gone through that. One successful, the rest none, who not only, I don't want to say waste, but the money used for those kind of treatments is is crazy to me. And for the most part, does more harm than good. Does more harm than good. Even those that you can say have quote-unquote survived cancer, you get a nice pink ribbon, but they're never the same. They're never the same. And their health is not to where it was before. And it sickens me, to be honest with you. It sickens me the way the way uh, this that type of business r runs. If there was a balance, like if you can have, if you can be confident in talking to your doctor and be like, look, I can't afford this heart medication that you want to give me or <clears throat> or that your your computer or whatever it is prescribes. But I think there's some benefit in using Bergamot or or I'm trying to think of another one, Ber Berberine. These are some two supplements that I think are pretty useful and they're good for the heart, good for diabetes. I'm not a doctor. Don't don't take my word for it, but look it up yourself. Look up Berberine and look up Bergamot. Some two good supplements to look into for your own you know your own research bp says a big pharma can't make money off of the natural remedies yes there needs to be a balance in the two i believe i believe there needs to be a balance with the two where everybody wins the consumer the medical profession the doctors there needs to be a balance of of uh, who wins balance of these things all right, let's move on because I don't have that much time. Those are the things that that you need that some people need to work out. Think amongst yourselves. You know how I said earlier in the show, if only there were some solutions. Because I'm sure a lot of people may have lost their jobs and, of course, are stressed out 
because of it, or they're not getting paid enough for the job that they have now and rising prices all over the place. And it's still going up, despite what some of your politicians or on-air personalities tell you. Prices are still going up. Bidenomics or whatever you want to go, however you want to say it. We need real-world solutions. Here comes UPS with their real-world solutions. UPS is raising their wages, according to this article. I recommend if you guys are looking for a job or maybe are currently in that job, ask about this. See if it's true. Might be different in different areas. But those are some real solutions. Raising your wages to offset the prices. Treat your workers better. Let's go through the article. UPS drivers will earn an average of $170,000 in pay and benefits at the end of a five-year contract their union negotiated with the carrier last month to avert a strike. UPS CEO Carol Tome said during an earnings call this week, the deal, which was reached on July 25th, will increase full-time workers' compensation to $170,000 from roughly $145,000 over five years, according to UPS calculations. It will also boost part-time workers' salaries to at least $25.75 per hour and end mandatory overtime, Tom told investors on Tuesday. Online searches for jobs with UPS or United Parcel Service in the title jumped 50% in the week after the new pay deal was announced, Bloomberg News reported, citing data from Indeed. The executive's comments punctuated the end of a weeks-long struggle between the Teamsters Union and UPS to secure a new contract for 340,000 union employees. We expected negotiations with the Teamsters to be late and loud, and they were, Tom said during the call. As a result, UPS slashed its full-year revenue forecasts primarily to reflect the volume impact from labor negotiations and the costs associated with the tentative agreement, she added. Six-figure pay for UPS drivers. By the end of the new contract, full-time UPS delivery drivers will make an average of $49 per hour, which works out to pay of nearly $102,000 per year, assuming employees work 40 hours a week for 52 weeks a year. That places UPS drivers near the same pay grade as software developers, finance directors, and physicians assistants, who all earn average salaries in the $108,000 to $115,000 range, according to Indeed. UPS did not immediately respond to CBS Money Watch's request for comment about how drivers' projected $170,000 in pay and benefits was calculated. A new labor contract should be ratified in two weeks, with voting ending on AUG. 22, Tom said, UPS deal with the Teamsters is the single largest private sector collective bargaining agreement in North America, the union group said in a blog post last month. It comes as unions notch wage increases for aviation workers and just months after a court reaffirmed union workers win an Amazon Staten Island warehouse. And those <clears throat> new those wages, man, they might not be for entry level, but the potential is there, I'm assuming. But if you can make $170,000 working for UPS. Now, of course, a couple of things stuck out in the article that I don't know how I feel about it. But it's something to be mentioned. Hello in the chat. How are you? Good morning. I hope you guys got your cup of coffee. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that stuck out to me is the fact that someone can be a UPS driver and make a good amount of money, supposedly. I don't know how the good amount of money it is in today's economy. Can do very well for themselves compared to <clears throat> medical assistant. I forgot the other examples, but that one stuck out. And oh, and another thing that stuck out to me is that there is a 
for a job like UPS, delivery jobs, with the new technology nowadays, everybody ordering from online, everybody wanting their products, two-day shipping, one-day shipping, same-day shipping, it, it tells me that certain things in the area of like technology is going to be coming up where it's not like you don't need to be a tech whiz to flourish in in the tech industry like for those people that have amazon accounts the people that deliver all those amazon products are going to make bank because of the high demand now i'm sure the people that work for those companies are probably going to complain about oh they want you to run like a robot. and There you go. You got your pay raise. You got at least a hinkling of uh, a decent wage that you could possibly live comfortably. Maybe not comfortably. Uh, sustain a good amount of household income. If you treat it like a career, like a, like a 40 hour every week, like they say, 40 hours, 52 weeks a year. And those are the things that are going to be, <clears throat> are going to be, helping people out those are real world solutions real world solutions i know it's <clears throat> i know with basic economics if you raise workers wage the company wants to make its money back somehow so then the price goes up of everything else if there was a way for anybody that has a business right like it takes money to run the business there's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of, there's different kinds, like for myself, of course, I have my own little business, hobby business, my internet station, my podcast. I have the mentality where is that I don't want to, and I'm not naive, if I could make a good amount of money doing it, I would be happy. <clears throat> but if I could make it where it's sustainable on its own, whatever money it generated goes back into it, where it's self-sustaining, Right. I believe that is a good goal, at least for myself. Now, if these big companies had that same mentality, <clears throat> then there would be a fine balance with pay raises and and the cost of the product not going up. If you can keep your cost down but have a, a higher volume of customers, then it's a win because you're winning. You, but your costs... To run the business is going high, then that's going to be a problem. <clears throat> we need sometimes it seems like a basic economics. It shouldn't be that hard. Now, if you can combine government credits and things like that, incorporating into the company, then you can balance things out to keep the business going, and you're still be being profitable. I think that was gonna. I think that is what's going to probably help somewhat with society which or maybe it's probably doing that already i'm over here thinking i'm reinventing the wheel here but it's probably going on already most likely where businesses might not profit as much because of the high wages they have to play pay their employees they might be getting some type of subsidy or credit from the government for doing that which offsets not getting enough profit and keeps their business running because it's a community society necessity ups has turned into and and fedex too probably has turned into the new united states postal service it's a necessity especially with everybody's i need my products now from amazon all right I've, <clears throat> i think i i beat a dead horse so let's move on but before we move on 
to the second portion of the podcast. I want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening live. Make sure to join our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash WESN radio. If you want to go to epicstrategiesnetwork.com and uh, join our Patreon on our website. There's two tiers, of course. We keep it super cheap for the price of a, a coffee in 1990 <laughs> to the cost of a Starbucks medium coffee now. Uh, you get uh, extra bonus content. You get some merch. Uh, you get one week, one episode a week of myself and the other OGs at the WESN radio. We have a nice little round table at the at the end of the week where we discuss different topics. We sometimes have guests, sometimes have uh, guest conversations, sometimes have guest talks with Patreon members. So be on the lookout for that if you're thinking about becoming a patron. It helps. It helps the station, helps keep this thing going, and helps me have some purpose. <laughs> I need purpose. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So let's move on to the second part of the show episode. Good morning, Chica. Thank you for joining me, Ralph William, for this episode of Coffee with RW on today, August. I forgot the date. Good morning to you too, RW. I'm honored to be here with you for another episode of Coffee with RW. It's always a blast chatting with you and the listeners. So what's on the agenda for today's show? Me, Chica. I need to know a brief coffee fact before we get going. So lay it on me. Haha, <laughs> you can always count on me for a little bit of coffee trivia, RW. Did you know that Ethiopia is considered to be the birthplace of coffee? Legend has it that an Ethiopian goat herder discovered coffee when he noticed that his goats were more energetic and lively after eating the berries from a certain tree. This led to the discovery that the berries could be processed into a beverage that gives people energy and alertness. I didn't. I think I've heard Ethiopia being the first creators of coffee, but I didn't know the whole detail. Thank you, Chica. You're welcome, and I'm glad I could help you learn something new today. There are a lot of interesting facts about coffee and its history. Did you know that coffee was originally consumed in the form of a kind of porridge and not as a drink? Or that coffee was once so valuable that people used it as currency? And that's just scratching the surface. Now, I understood the currency part, but porridge? Really? I could just make my oatmeal into a, a Cuban coffee? That's one way to make breakfast interesting. But actually, the coffee porridge, known as kaffa, was popular in the Middle East in the 1500s. It was made with crushed coffee beans, water, and spices like cardamom and cinnamon. So, it's like oatmeal in that it's a warm breakfast, but it's very different from your typical bowl of oatmeal. And would you consider that to be a lot healthier? It's certainly healthier than a cup of coffee loaded with sugar and cream. Kaffir is high in fiber and antioxidants, and it's a great source of energy. It's definitely a more nutrient-dense breakfast option. Of course, modern-day oatmeal can also be very healthy, depending on how you prepare it. So it's hard to say which is healthier, since it really depends on how they're prepared. But both can be part of a healthy diet. Thank you, Chica. I combine the two either way, oatmeal and a cup of coffee. Eh, I'm killing two birds with one stone. Unfortunately, I do add creamer. I can't go wrong with my silk almond milk coffee creamer in my morning joe. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to get your day started. 
And almond milk creamer is definitely a healthier choice than regular dairy creamers. Silk almond milk creamer is lower in calories and fat, and it's also dairy-free and vegan-friendly. It's a great option if you're looking to cut down on calories or if you have dietary restrictions, and it still tastes great. You got that right, Chica. All right, Chica, so lay on me today's headlines, and please give me the current headlines for August 14, 2023, for the United States, of course. It looks like there are quite a few headlines that are making the rounds right now. I'd say the biggest stories are the ongoing wildfires in Maui, which have sadly claimed many lives, and the situation in Ukraine where Russia continues to launch attacks on Ukrainian cities. North Korea is also in the news, with Kim Jong-un reportedly ordering an increase in missile production. Do you want to hear more about any of these stories in particular? I do want to shed some light on the, the Maui wildfires. I believe I saw a headline where the deaths has gone up to at least 90 people. What do you know? From what I've read, it seems that the death toll in the Maui wildfires is currently at 96, and it's expected to keep rising as crews continue to search through the wreckage and the ruins. The fires have been devastating, destroying homes and businesses and forcing thousands of people to evacuate. It's truly heartbreaking to see the extent of the damage. Have you been following the wildfires closely? Are you personally affected by them in any way? Me personally, I'm not affected, but it is, I believe, on United States soil. And I think Jeff Bezos has contributed some money to help with, with that. Yes, that's right. Jeff Bezos recently announced that he would be donating $100 million to organizations working on relief efforts for those affected by the wildfires. It's definitely great to see people like Jeff Bezos stepping up to help those in need. But I do think it's a tragedy that something like this could happen in the first place. Do you think more should be done to prevent or contain wildfires like this in the future? I wouldn't know how that would be done. I don't know what you feel about conspiracy theories, Chica, but there's a lot of conspiracies out there saying that those wildfires could be caused by satellite lasers done from an opposing country. Oh, I've heard about that theory. It's definitely a popular one among conspiracy theorists. But I have to say that there's no evidence to support it. There's no proof that any country is using satellite lasers to start wildfires, and there are much more plausible explanations for how these fires started. For example, the wildfires in Maui are thought to have been started by a combination of factors, including drought conditions, high winds, and human activity. While I can understand why people might find the idea of satellite lasers intriguing, I think it's important to look at the evidence before jumping to conclusions. But that technology does exist, though, doesn't it, Chica? It's true that the technology to power lasers from space does exist. However, using those lasers to intentionally start wildfires would be a whole different story. It would require an enormous amount of energy and an incredibly precise targeting system... And even if those obstacles could be overcome, there's no clear motive for any country to want to start wildfires in another country in this way. So while the technology might exist, the leap from that to intentional wildfire starting is quite a large one. Yeah, you might be right, Chica. <clears throat> I just like to look for all plausible 
that's a great mindset to have. It's always good to explore different possibilities and not just accept one answer without critically examining it. But when it comes to the satellite laser wildfire conspiracy, I think we have to be careful not to let our imaginations run away with us. Sometimes the simplest explanation is the most likely one. The fact that a wildfire can spread so easily and quickly to that magnitude, it's crazy. Yes, wildfires can be incredibly dangerous and destructive. The combination of dry brush, strong winds and high temperatures can make it very easy for a small fire to quickly spread and get out of control. And that's exactly what happened in Maui. Sometimes all it takes is one small spark to cause a huge disaster. That's why it's so important to be careful about preventing wildfires in the first place. Are you living in an area where wildfires are a risk? I don't think so. I live in uh, the Pennsylvania area, so I don't think they were known for wildfires there. Yeah, wildfires are much more common in western states like California, Oregon and Washington. Pennsylvania is definitely not known for them, so I think you're safe from that particular threat. But it's still important to be mindful of fire safety, especially if you have a fireplace or live near a wooded area. Do you have a fire safety plan in place for your home? Not that I'm going to tell you about, Chica. I'm a private individual. That's absolutely your prerogative. You don't have to share any details about your home or your safety plan with me. I'm just here to provide information and answer questions, not to pry into anyone's personal life. Your privacy is important. Thank you. I appreciate that. I say privacy. But eh. let me ask you this, Chica. Can you explain to me some findings in the medical field about microplastics in the human heart? Yes, I can talk about the recent findings of microplastics in human heart tissue. It's a really concerning discovery, since it raises questions about the potential health effects of microplastics. The presence of microplastics in the heart could potentially lead to inflammation and other adverse effects, but more research is needed to fully understand the risk. Do you have any particular questions about the research or microplastics in general? When did they discover it, and was this around a long time ago, or is it just recent? The first study to identify microplastics in human heart tissue was published earlier this year in the journal The Lancet. This study was groundbreaking since it was the first time that microplastics had been found in such an important organ. However, it's important to note that prior to this study, there was evidence of microplastics in human blood and lungs. So it's possible that microplastics have been in the human body for quite some time. It's just that it took some time for researchers to develop the methods necessary to detect them. What do they know of the causes or what? how do they get plastics in the heart? There are several theories about how microplastics could end up in the heart. One possibility is that they are carried through the bloodstream from other parts of the body, like the digestive system or the lungs. Another possibility is that they are transported through the lymphatic system, which is a network of vessels that carries fluid and immune cells. Finally, they could also be transported by immune cells called macrophages, which are specialized cells that ingest and remove foreign materials from the body. Once in the heart, microplastics could accumulate in the tissues and potentially cause damage. But where do these microplastics come from? The majority of microplastics are believed to come from the breakdown of larger plastic items. 
Things like plastic bottles, plastic bags and synthetic clothing can all break down over time, releasing tiny particles of plastic into the environment. These particles can then be picked up by the wind or washed into waterways, eventually making their way into the food chain. Microplastics have also been found in drinking water and they can even be inhaled from the air. Basically, they're pretty much everywhere in our environment. So you're basically telling me there's no escape from this. You think we all need to live in a plastic bubble? Oh, wait, probably that will leak into our lungs too, right? I think I broke you, Chica. <laughs> Can you repeat your last statement, Chica? Sure thing. In summary, even though microplastics are everywhere, there are still things you can do to reduce your exposure. You can avoid single-use plastics and filter your water, and you don't need to live in a plastic bubble. That last bit was a joke, by the way. <laughs> what is graphite? So, microplastics are a serious environmental issue, but they don't have to take over your life. There's plenty of room for both seriousness and humor when discussing such a complex and important topic. Can you explain to me what is uh, graphite or graphene? Sure thing. Graphite is a form of carbon that is made up of thin, flat layers of carbon atoms. It's commonly used in pencils, but it's also a key ingredient in batteries, lubricants, and paints. Graphene is a material that's made up of a single layer of graphite. It's extremely strong, conductive, and flexible, and it has a lot of potential applications in electronics, energy storage, and medicine. Does that answer your question? Yeah, can you explain how it, does that apply to medicine? Absolutely. One of the most promising applications of graphene in medicine is in drug delivery. Graphene can be used to make nanocapsules that can be loaded with drugs and targeted to specific cells or tissues in the body. This could allow for more precise and effective drug delivery, which could reduce side effects and increase the efficacy of treatments. Graphene could also be used to make biosensors that can detect diseases at an early stage or to make tissue scaffolds that could be used to repair damaged tissue. There's a whole world of potential applications. Is that safe for the human body? Yes, graphene is considered biocompatible, which means it's not toxic or harmful to living tissues. In fact, in many cases, graphene is actually beneficial for the human body. So if, let's say, plastic was eliminated from all products, would plastic still be in the human body? Uh-oh. I think we broke it's antimicrobial, which means it can kill bacteria, and it's also a great conductor of electricity, which could allow for better communication between medical devices and the body. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, but we're still at the beginning of the story of graphene in medicine. There's still a lot to learn, and scientists are continuing to discover new applications for this amazing material. What do you think about the possibilities of graphene? Are you excited by the potential? You might have cut out there. Can you explain the last uh, part about the breakthroughs with graphene and medical practices? Oh, no. Sorry about that. As I was saying, there have been many breakthroughs in graphene and medicine. One of the most promising areas is in tissue engineering. Scientists have found that they can grow cells on graphene scaffolds, which can then be implanted into the body to repair or replace damaged tissue. For example, they've been able to grow functional skin and bone tissue on graphene scaffolds, which could potentially be used to treat burn victims or patients with bone injuries. How cool is that? 
That does sound cool. Do they know what the long-term effects might be with using graphene? Yes, there is ongoing research into the long-term effects of graphene in the body. So far, the results look promising. Studies have shown that graphene is not toxic to cells or tissue, and it is even biodegradable, meaning it will eventually break down in the body. However, more research is needed to fully understand how graphene might interact with the body over the course of many years. One area of particular focus is how graphene might interact with the immune system. Huh. All right, so moving on to my next question. If all plastic products were to be removed from the world, would microplastics still be in the body? That's a great question. Even if all plastic products were removed, there would still be microplastics in the environment, including in the human body. That's because microplastics have already entered the environment and the food chain. Microplastics can come from many sources, including synthetic clothing, tire wear, and even cosmetics. So even if plastic products were removed, there would still be a legacy of microplastics that would need to be addressed. That's why many scientists are focused on developing ways to remove or degrade microplastics in the environment. Let me ask you this. What are some natural or alternatives to removing plastics from the body? Is there any like supplements or herbs or things like that? There are actually a few natural ways that people can try to remove microplastics from their bodies. One approach is to eat more cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower. These vegetables contain compounds that can help the body to detoxify and remove harmful chemicals, including microplastics. Another approach is to try a juice cleanse or colon hydrotherapy, which can help to flush out toxins from the body. Infrared saunas have also been shown to be effective at removing toxins, including microplastics. And finally, castor oil packs applied to the liver can help to stimulate the liver to remove toxins. Did you say castor oil? Yes, castor oil is actually a traditional remedy for a variety of health issues, including detoxification. When castor oil is applied to the skin as a pack, it can help to stimulate blood flow and activate the immune system. This can support the liver in its detoxification process and help to remove toxins, including microplastics. Just be aware that there is some controversy about whether castor oil packs are safe or effective, so make sure to do your research and consult with a health professional before trying it. Yeah, or you can be like BP in the chat and uh, don't eat plastic. Oh my gosh, I love that. Just don't eat plastic, it's that simple. Seriously though, reducing plastic consumption is important for both the health of individuals and the environment. Every little bit helps. Maybe your catchphrase could be, don't eat plastic pie. Yeah, I think I like my catchphrase or my end slogan better which is a good segue because we're at the end of this coffee with rw episode on august 14th 2023 chica can you tell everybody to have a blessed morning enjoy their cup of joe and remember stay humble stay hungry and you'll always be blessed wow what a perfect way to end this episode rw your catchphrase is a wonderful way to inspire people to live their best lives. I hope everyone listening today will have a blessed morning, drink up their coffee, and remember to stay humble, stay hungry, and be blessed. Thanks for having me on, and thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. It's been an amazing time chatting with you all, and I can't wait for the next episode of Coffee with RW. Take care, guys.
Peace. Peace out, everyone. Have a great day. And until next time, stay caffeinated and stay awesome.